You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of Locked On Giants. I'm Ed Valentine, along with co-host Pat Trana, and we come to you on yet another unhappy Monday morning for the New York Giants, a day after a, a disappointing 20-13 to 13 Sunday night football loss to the Dallas Cowboys. Patty, lots of lots of, of miserable football to, to discuss this morning, I think. Oh, man. Can we skip it and do something, talk about something pleasant? All right, folks, show's over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. No, seriously, we got, we, we, we got to take the good with the bad and plenty of bad, unfortunately, to talk about this morning as it just was an ugly 2017-like performance by the New York Giants last night in, in uh, Dallas. And, Ed, I, I, I just don't know where to start here. Well, Patty, I don't, yeah, I don't know what to say either. I think it was, uh, you know, let's start with this. And, and I know we had sort of intended to go offense, defense, special teams. But before we even get into that, let's start with this. I don't even want to think about this. I don't want to consider this. There's been so much optimism, you know, about the Giants, about the way that Pat Shermer has communicated with players and and the way that that he ran the spring and and the summer training camp and and all of that. But Kim Jones tweeted during the game last night, and, and her tweet roughly translated to, is it really possible that, this Giants team is worse than the three and thirteen team from a year ago, and, and God forbid, I don't want to consider that. But but there's really not a whole lot of things to feel good about you know, after last night. Yeah, you know, I, I saw that too, and and you know, they're going to tell us the Giants are going to tell us, look, this is a work in progress, yada yada yada. It takes time, blah blah blah. And my response to that is this. They have been working with this offense since April. They have been working with this offensive line since, I want to say, May, when after they drafted Will Hernandez and whatnot. They have been working with the defense since April. Okay, yes, they're missing Olivier Vernon, but, you know, one, one guy missing, even though he's, he's probably their, you know, biggest pass rush threat, you know, one guy's not going to make that huge of a difference, I don't think. You know, they knew who their special team, you know, Riley Dixon was going to be their punter. They knew who their special team teamers were going to be, save for maybe the the um, the returners. Okay. I don't want to hear that this is a work in progress because what have you been doing since May? You know, what, have you been twiddling your thumbs? I, I, I just don't understand it. Now, I know practice reps are not the same speed as game reps. And, you know, I know I tweeted last night, in retrospect, maybe the Giants should have spent more time giving the first-team offensive line more snaps than what they've got when they got all preseason. But, you know, this this is just I, – I, I'm at a loss here. I don't know how to explain this to people. I don't either, Patty. You know, the thing of it is I'm I'm with you 100% here on this. I don't want to hear work in progress. I don't want to hear about – you know what Pat Shermer had said multiple times leading up to Sunday. I don't want to hear about we're on a good path. We're on, you know, we're on the right road. I don't want to hear work in progress. These games count. The season is slipping away. 
already we know that the Giants have, if you know, if you go by the math, if you go by the statistics, uh, you know, 0-2 start, you know, since 2007, I think it's 10 of 91 teams. It's 11% have made the playoffs. So the season is already slipping away. You have to be ready when the season starts. You can't, they're not preseason games. They're not developmental games. And, you know, I thought, and I know you thought, the way that training camp went, the way, you know, as physical as the Giants were, as often as they were in pads, as well as they seemed to practice, we knew that the offensive line wasn't going to be perfect, but but I thought this team was going to be more ready to play early in the season than what we've seen. And, and, and right now, I mean, this is, you know, like I said, work in progress is just not good enough. They, they have to win football games. Yeah, I mean, they they basically took steps backwards from last week, which is probably the most alarming thing. You know, if you're a work in progress, you're moving forward, not backwards. And, and you know, we can talk about the offensive line, and I know we're going to talk about the offensive line, but, but you know, I think you raise this point, actually, a big blue view. Are they better or are they just simply different from what we saw last year? You know, and, and right now it's looking more like it's just a different lineup, but same results. I mean, I, it blows my mind when I hear in post game how the offensive linemen say, well, we knew what was coming, but we didn't get it done. I have to sit there and wonder, you know, knowing what's coming and knowing how to deal with it. I, I, I just I go back to a quote that Mike Shula made last week when he was asked about Eric Flowers. And we talked about this on a previous show. But now I, I think this quote, you know, can, could theoretically apply to the entire offensive line. Guys need to know what they're doing. It's one thing to know what's coming. It's another thing to know how to handle it and how to neutralize it. And we just did not see that from the offensive line last night. No, we didn't, Patty. And we have sort of um, naturally sort of meandered into what was really going to be our first segment of the show. What we're going to do really is go through offense, defense, and, and special teams. And we've really, you know, wandered right into talking about the offense and there's really two topics to talk about. One is the offensive line. One is, of course, Eli Manning, you know, and, and how much blame, you know, for, for last night and the first two games goes to either of those two parties. You know, this offensive line, I mean, come on. Yes, you're a new group, all right? Yes, you. but, but you only have one rookie in that group. You have a talented second-round pick in that group. There's really, I'm sorry, but there's no excuse for not knowing or not being able to figure out which guys are blitzing and which guys are responsible for picking up those blitzers. There's no excuse for two guys who have been in the league as long as Patrick Omame and Eric Flowers, who, yes, they're playing together for the first time and all that, yada, 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 whatever. There's no excuse for two guys that have played football as long as they have and seen defensive end tackle stunts as many times as they've both seen them to not have any idea how to pass guys off and pick them up. I just don't get it. Um, you know, it's not guys losing individual assignments. 
you know, it, it's guys not having any idea who they're supposed to block. And that's just not acceptable, you know, when they've been working together for five or six months. Yeah, and it makes me wonder just what the heck is going on in the classroom? Are the coaches getting through to them? You know, I, I just I don't understand it. I don't have an answer for, for people, you know, but whatever it is, it, it's it's alarming right now because you're right. These are not guys who are rookies. These are guys who have been there, done that. And, and the fact that they can't seem to figure this stuff out, how to get it done, even though they know what's coming, you know, they, they do their, their work. It, it just leaves me to conclude that, you know, maybe the film work or the classroom work isn't as, as sharp as it needs to be. Patty, we were worried about the center position, you know, months ago. And and let me say this, I feel absolutely awful for John Jalapio after what, what we saw last night. I can't imagine that he'll play football again this year. I haven't seen an official report, but, but when a guy is carted off the field, you know, with an air cast, you know, from his ankle, you know, all the way up his leg, you know, he's not playing football again this year. I'd be flabbergasted if he, if he is, you know, I feel awful for him. But we were worried about that center position, and the communication on that offensive line starts from the center position. You know, I'm just, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know what the Giants are going to do, but it's, you know, it's just not acceptable to see what we're seeing. Um, You know, I, I wish I could point at it and say, oh. You know, Patrick Omame just plain got beat straight up a bunch of times, or or Will Hernandez is struggling as a rookie. You know, he's struggling to to handle some of these guys, but but guys have to know what their assignments are. I mean, Shane Smith at at fullback looked absolutely clueless last night trying to pick up blitzes. Uh, you know, these guys just looked like they had no idea. You know, who was supposed to pick up who when Dallas sent more than four pass rushers? And and it's disconcerting is probably not a strong enough word. Yeah, again, that goes back to what they're being taught in the classroom, you know, and, and, you know, the media, we're not privy to what goes on in the classroom. You know, the players will sit there and they'll tell us, oh, we had, you know, a good classroom session. We had a good practice session, et cetera. We don't get to see that now that we are in season, so we pretty much have to take their words for it. But I just, I just wonder if you know. I don't wonder. I think it's become obvious, certainly off of uh, of last night's performance. But what they're considering to be good, and what what the rest of us consider to be good, obviously we're we're not all on the same page with, with in terms of quality, and and it is concerning because you're right, Ed. Last night, guys looked absolutely clueless as to what they had to do and is that the preparation of the players is that the coaching my my thought is is that if you're seeing that many guys looking clueless there's got to be a breakdown in in the classroom that's just my thought i have no proof of it i haven't asked anybody but that's the conclusion i come away with i i can't really argue with that patty i really can't but let's do this let's uh Let's move off the offensive line. We could spend probably a whole show. We could spend an hour and a half talking about it. Let's talk about the other hot-button topic when it comes to the offense, and that's the play of of quarterback Eli Manning. Now, I broke down, or I looked at, at Eli in my kudos and wet willies this morning. I actually gave Eli, you know, what I call a quilly. 
which basically is, you know, part good and part bad. I mean, I will give Eli Manning all kinds of credit, you know, for, for taking the hits that he took last night, you know, for, for moving around, trying to make plays for the two quarterback sneaks. Um, you know, he took a beating and I don't know how successful, you know, any quarterback was going to be, you know, anyone without the, the ability to move that, that Russell Wilson has. I don't know how any quarterback was going to be successful under those circumstances. And yet, 29 of his 44 passes were thrown either behind the line of scrimmage or within five yards of the line of scrimmage. The Giants had an 11-play, 23-yard, quote-unquote, drive. And, and if you're not... And you can't... You just can't play offense that way. And... I haven't studied the film yet. I don't know how much of that is on Eli. I don't know how many opportunities to throw the ball down the field, you know, he had and, and turned down. But you know, I, I I don't know how much of this to blame on Eli at this point. Well, you know, I, I've been a long time, you know, supporter and defender of Eli. You know, I, I recognized in the past that look, you can't play effective quarterback unless you have a good supporting cast around you and he hasn't let's be honest and he's and you know you can make the argument that you know his offensive line is still not to the point where you can consider it a good supporting cast but with that said what bothered me about Eli Manning's play last night there were two things number one he was so shell-shocked that there were a couple at least two plays that I saw where he had a receiver so wide open and had decent enough protection, but because he was shell shocked, he just dumped the ball off to his, you know, to, to Barkley or somebody underneath. And that bothered me. The other thing that bothers me and, 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 you know, I know this is who Eli is and this is how he made his living and whatnot, but every once in a while, a quarterback has to help himself by moving around in the pocket. And there were a, a few instances and, uh, you know, I, I marked them on my, my, uh, my play by play. I'm going to go in and I'm going to try and find the exact plays on film so that I can break them down. But there were a few instances where Eli had room to move around in the pocket and did not. Because again, I suspect he was shell shocked. And even if that were the case, you, you just can't operate like that. Yes, you're going to get sacked and yes, you're going to have rough days. But it just seemed like Eli could have done more to help himself. And that's what was disappointing to me. You know, I, I, I don't blame him for, you know, the pressure because obviously, you know, your, your offensive line doesn't hold up. What are you going to do? You're you're going to have to you're going to have to improvise that, and that's where I think Eli Manning failed to step up to the plate is in improvising. You know, Patty, I think probably with Eli, you know, improvisation has never really been, you know, despite the 2007 Super Bowl and the Tyree helmet catch and all of that, improvisation has never been you know, an Eli Manning strength. I mean, when you talk about improvisation, I think about awful fumbles. I think about left-handed passes. I think about him running around and all sorts of bad things happening, you know, during his career. But the one thing that I will say is that I do think, you know, Pat Shermer was asked about Eli Manning's confidence last night. And he said, you know, and Eli was asked about it as well. And they can say what they want. And, you know, but I do want to go back and look at the film, and I actually want to look at all of those, um, 
all of those passes that he threw underneath and and you know to let folks who, who read Big Blue View know we're actually going to have Mark Schofield take a look at, at all of those checkdowns and look for opportunities that Eli had you know to get the ball down the field but I look at it and and there's no way that Eli Manning can be confident right now or or that, that he is completely confident right now when he takes a snap from center it's not just last night it's not just week one Eli has been basically he's been taking a beating thanks to this offensive line he's been forced to check the ball down throw the ball quicker than he wanted to since probably 2012 or 2013 there's a cumulative effect there that you know as soon as you start to get hit you know maybe subconsciously it's here we go again but there has to be, you know, a cumulative effect on him, you know, that that sometimes is forcing him to pull the trigger, you know, before he has to. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's called mental conditioning, you know. It, it, look, if you keep putting your hand on a hot stove and you keep burning it, you know, eat, you're going to de- develop to a point where you're like, oh, my God, that stove is hot, even if the stove is off and it, and, it, and the surface is cool. And I think, sadly, this is what's happening with Eli Manning. You know, he's tough. You know, they like to say he's mentally tough, but he's also human. And when you constantly are running for your life, getting beaten up, I mean, there was one play I, I, I think. I'm sure everybody saw it because, you know, it, it certainly made the rounds on, on Twitter this morning where Eli was, was dropped for a sack and he had a look on his face that, you know, <laughs> he had a look on his face like, wow, you know, like like he looked like, like I, I don't want to say his bell was rung, but he just looked like, you know, he didn't know what hit him. And it was the weirdest thing. And, and, and I think that that summarized the struggles that he had. Yeah, Patty, it's just amazing when you think about it, you know, whether it's and and when you talk about the offense, I mean, to summarize it, some of it's got to be on Eli Manning. Some of it's got to be on the offensive line. Some of it, you know, is probably on the play calling and the scheme and whatever the Giants are trying to do. Maybe it's the you know, maybe it's the offensive coaching in general. I don't really, you know put it, you know, put the percentages any way that you want. You're not going to win football games scoring 14 points a game and, and and if this if this continues, the Giants are going to go 3 and 13 again. Or worse. And I don't know if I can go through another season like that. I don't know if we, if any of us can. But, you know, look, I know I I said this and and you know, I'm also in an effort to try and I guess I don't want to take, say take the sting out because there's just no way to do it. I remember the 2017 started out 0 and 2 and they bounced back. But with that said, I think that team was a little bit more fundamentally solid than this team. You know, I, I just I need to see it. You know, and and now, you know, you mentioned the injury to John Halapio and and you know what are they going to do with center? Are they going to go with John Greco or Spencer Pulley or Evan Brown? You know, uh, that's that's a huge injury. Let's let's not kid ourselves here. The center makes the line calls. And and when you have a guy come in, 
you know, a new voice. And now you have to kind of acclimate yourself to all that. That that's that's tricky. And I'm concerned about that. I'm also concerned about the quarterback's uh, center exchange, which I hope the heck they practice, you know, until their till their hands bleed this week, because that's another issue, especially given you know some of the ball control issues that, or I should say, ball security issues Eli's had, especially with with uh, being sacked. So. Just a lot of concerns coming forward. Patty, we could talk about offense all day, but let's uh, let's let's move on. Uh, we will talk about defense in, in a minute here. But before we go to our next segment, Giants fans, uh, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Giants fans, fantasy football is underway, and we have two fantasy football shows here at the Locked On Network to help you. Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 gives you all the latest news, waiver suggestions, and injury news. Locked On Fantasy Football is now Locked On Fantasy Football experts with amazing guests every Monday. Every Monday, Tom Kessenich, Tuesdays, Eric Wedholm, Wednesdays, Jeff Ratliff, and Tyler Lochner. Giants fans, let's talk about advice. Patty and I are always being asked for it. But one thing we can't do is tell you who is going to win or lose the games. If you think you know, you've got to check out MyBookie. MyBookie has been in business for years, has great online reviews, and offers an easy-to-use mobile site. You win, MyBookie pays. It's that simple. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Wait until after 7 p.m. Eastern Time and MyBookie will give you an extra $25 free play on deposits of more than $100. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKEDON25 to activate this special offer for our listeners. With MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, Patty, we're back here at uh, at Locked On Giants. This is Ed Valentine with Patricia Trena, and we are breaking down Sunday's 20-13 loss by the Giants to the Dallas Cowboys. Patty, let's move on to the defense, and I'm going to start with something that bothered me coming out of the locker room last night. And, you know, we saw... The Giants gave up 20 points defensively. They didn't play badly. They gave up a big play at the, at the beginning of the game. They had a hard time, you know, handling the read option. I don't have the quotes in front of me, but your Giants defensive co-captain, Landon Collins, was talking about, you know, in, in the locker room, we did our job. And, and I'm sorry, you lost a football game. You gave up a big play at the start of the game that put you behind the eight ball from the very beginning. You know, Dak Prescott made you look silly. I'm sorry, you didn't do your job, and it bothered me It just to hear him say that, especially as a, as a leader of the football team. Yeah, you know, I have the quote in front of me, and, and uh, actually, just to put it in, in, in proper context, he was asked, you know, did the defense tighten up and do its job after the early Cowboys touchdown and his quote was we did tighten it up and we did the job so you know just to put that in context 
Yeah, they got off to a rough start, and they did tighten up just a little bit. But with that said, zero sacks. I think maybe three quarterback hits, and I think two of them came from Lorenzo Carter, who I know I was screaming last night to put in the game because he was the only one able to, to really generate much of a pass rush. Um, you know, th- I think they had three pass breakups the entire game, uh, and and as you, as you mentioned, you know, they, they they gave up ten points out of out of the gate there. You know, you, you got to start fast. You can't come out there sleepwalking and, and and you know guys were, were struggling to get off blocks in the beginning i saw um you know there were some missed tackles I, I think collins took a couple of bad angles i know uh curtis riley had a bad angle on on that uh long Tavon austin uh touchdown reception you know that's not doing the job that's 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 just you know i i get it mistakes are going to happen but those mistakes were just killers for, for, for the defense. Now, with that said, they did get a little bit better. I think I, I thought Alec Ogletree started to hit his stride as the game went on. Um, you know, I like what I saw from, from Damon Harrison, uh, you know, who always comes to play. Uh, you know, Jenkins settled down after a while. I thought Eli Apple before his injury was, was halfway decent. Uh, but as a whole, that unit struggled in the beginning and helped put them in the hole and, and and especially you know your offense is struggling and now your defense is, is just not you know living up to its part of the, the bargain and you know it, it just it, it's a recipe for disaster and it was it was a case of too little too late I thought I would agree Patty you know the the yes the offense was struggling at the beginning but but the Giants you know they were in a 10 to nothing hole and and that's because if I'm not mistaken, you know, obviously the first time Dallas touched the ball, they scored. You know, then the Giants gave up a field goal. You know, so the defense contributed to putting them in a hole. They're on the road. You get the crowd into the game. You you, you allow that, that AT&T Stadium, you know, crowd to get fired up. You get the emotion on the side of the, of the Cowboys. And the Giants could never recover from that bad start. Um you know, when when push comes to shove, nobody did their job last night, really. The offense didn't do their job. The defense didn't do their job. You know, they got better, but yeah, they got better after they had already, more or less, you know, let let the game, you know, begin to get away from the Giants. And, you know, the other thing that, that I'll say is, look, we, you know, we have been talking for, for months about, you know, areas that, that we saw that could be issues for the Giants. Pass rush, play of the free safety, slot corner. We saw all of those last night. No pass rush. We saw Curtis Riley take an awful angle. You know, and that for me is two weeks in a row where I looked at big plays that were hit in between Janoris Jenkins and Curtis Riley and I'm not sure how much blame falls on either one of those guys, but it looked to me like the free safety wasn't there on time, you know, on, on either of those plays. And it looked to me last night like, you know, the Cowboys looked at B.W. Webb and said, oh, B.W. Webb's on the field, we'll throw the ball there. You know, we'll throw the ball to, to whoever he's covering whenever we can. Yeah, you know, I, I know I've written this in the past. I said that up until last night, no one really tested the Giants deep. 
not in the preseason, not last week. And one of my concerns, because I saw it in practices, you know, how would Curtis Riley respond? And last night we saw how he responded. You know, he took a couple bad angles, like you said. Um, you know, it, it just, it's all stuff that can be cleaned up. But it doesn't help the fact that they lost. And, and you know, it, it also it makes you wonder, you know, how much room do they have if it continues to get bad? You know, because at this point, the roster is what it is. You don't have 90 men on your roster anymore to where you can say, oh, you know what? This guy's not getting it done. I'm going to go with this guy instead. And there's, you know, at this point, I, I have to think any players worth having on the roster are all on the rosters of other teams. So, you know, the roster is what it is, and they, they're going to have to figure out a way to get these guys coached up and get them to play better. Patty, you know, the, the problem is, like we said, this this isn't training camp anymore. It, it's not the preseason. And while they, you know, quote-unquote, try to get these guys coached up, you know, try to clean up these mistakes and try to fix the communication you know, try to whatever they you know whatever they need to do while they try to figure all of those things out. The season is slipping away, uh, and we you know we already you know we know that the numbers at, at zero and two, uh, the Giants you know they go up against the, the Houston Texans this Sunday who are also zero and two you know but that's another road game for the Giants. I think the Giants have New Orleans after that. You know it, it's not going to be an easy road for the Giants. And, and, you know, they've already, you know, let a couple of opportunities go. And, you know, their their margin for error is now basically non-existent. Yeah, it, it's, it's too early in the season to panic. Um, they could still somehow come out with a 2-2 two and two record, and I think everything would be fine and dandy. But what we have seen so far, you know, it, it needs to be better plain and simple it needs to be better and i just don't know i mean do they have enough time to fix this you know on defense is the return of olivier vernon going to solve the problem i don't know that um you know what are the you know how long is eli apple going to be out of action with that groin injury you know do they have sufficient depth at cornerback these are all questions we're going to find out the answers to but, you know, it, it's a little unsettling. I mean, I'd, I'd be lying to people if I said that, that I felt good about where things are headed because there's just a lot of unknowns and they're, they're, they're entering into uncharted waters here, which could conceivably make things worse or, you know, with a little bit luck, make things better. Patty, let's, uh, let's take one more quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about special teams. We'll offer some final thoughts on the uh, on Sunday's loss and then we will uh, and then we'll call it a show the locked on network is expanding with college shows coming this week locked on Wolverines locked on Buckeyes and locked on Seminoles plus we are already locked on to the Ducks Nittany Lions Bears the Crimson Tide the Wildcats Razorbacks Volunteers and Cougars Find your favorite college show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. All right, Patty, let's uh, let's head into our final segment of today's Locked On uh, Locked On Giants show. Ed Valentine and Patricia Trana here 
wrapping up the Giants' uh, Sunday night loss to the Dallas Cowboys. Patty, let's talk a little bit about special teams. Let's offer some final thoughts. Uh, you know, my, my first thought on special teams, I guess, is we, we knew sooner or later we would see Odell Beckham return a punt. And, and, and last night, uh, last night that came to fruition. Didn't help, but we saw it. Yeah, and that, of course, came about as a result of Kalen Clay suffering an ankle injury, which forced him to the game. But I have to think even if Kalen Clay had been healthy, um, they still would have tried to get that spark from Beckham. Uh, you know, overall, special teams, you know, I looked at the, the starting field position battle and, and the Giants and Cowboys basically came out even. So I guess you can say of the three units, they probably played the best. There were still some things that I saw that I didn't like. For example, I did not like Riley Dixon's first two punts. I thought they were, you know, he could have helped the team a little bit better. The first one, um, <clears throat> or, or the one in particular that bothered me was the one where he had an opportunity to, to maybe pin the Cowboys deep in their own territory, and he sent a 55-yard punt that, that went for a touchback, which I thought, oh, gosh, what are you doing? So that was one. But then he settled down and put three of his six punts inside the 20 thereafter. The other thing that I think was was that, you know, kind of bothered me a little bit is that, you know, the second onside kick going out of bounds, which, of course, was a penalty, automatic Dallas ball. I mean, I guess it was a lot to expect them to ex execute two straight, you know, onside kick recoveries. But still, you got to keep the ball in bounds and give your guys, you know, the chance to, to get it. Um, Aldrich Rosas hit both of his field goals, so that was good. Uh, Michael Thomas with the big, you know, heads-up play and recovering that first onside kick. The, the coverage could have been a little bit better, I thought, you know, on, on, on uh, punt returns, but they were able to, you know, to get some yardage. Um, the, the, the punt coverage, I think they, they held the Cowboys to zero yards on punt coverage, so that was certainly a positive. And uh, kickoff returns, um, Cody Latimer uh, uh, averaged, I think, 28 yards per return, which is more than the 25 yards you want to see them do, you know, with 25 yards being the touchbacks. Uh, starting field position so I thought special teams was probably the most solid of the three units but again still little bugaboos here and there that need to be cleaned up Patty the one thing that, that I will point out is uh, the adventures of Kalen Clay um, you know I'm still waiting for a sign I'm still waiting for something from Kalen Clay you know that that shows us that he was a better choice to return punts for the Giants than uh, than Hunter Sharp. You know who he replaced on the roster. Clay had that fumble on the muffed punt against Jacksonville in Week One. And, you know, and, and last night he was extremely fortunate not to have another one when he kind of you know misjudged you know the the one punt I think in the second quarter. You know, had the ball fortunately sort of bounce off his legs and was able to corral it. You know, but that could have been another turnover. Uh, you know, I, I get the fact he's had some success in his career. And, and you know, I know that uh, Thomas McGahee and Dave Gettleman were familiar with him. But, you know, we're still waiting for a sign from him that uh, that the Giants made the right move. I guess the only other play on special teams that bothered me and as you said, the uh, the idea that the Giants were going to recover two onside kicks at the end of the game is is, is far fetched. 
but you would like to to at least see Aldrich Rosas keep that ball inbounds and, and give the Giants a chance because you know you, you you can't recover a ball that gets kicked out of bounds. No, you can't. I mean, again, nobody, no unit played a solid or a perfect you know game last night, but. You know, if, if you're asking me to rate who was the best unit, I, I would give special teams the nod there because, you know, for the most part, again, they were solid, um, you know, no huge, huge plays, uh, you know, and, and like you said, the the, the continuation with, with Kalen Clay and, and, and his ball security issues is a concern, but I, I, I'm not so sure that they were to, you know, that they did anything necessarily that, that contributed to the the loss they didn't help contribute to a win but they also didn't make any you know really glaring mistakes i thought that that just totally you know shot their chances down patty before we call it a show you know let's uh let's kind of wrap it up here let's let's offer some final thoughts and you know for what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw out this question for you. We maybe have kind of talked about it a little bit already, but 0-2, uh, we know that the history, the math, you, you look at it, uh, where do the Giants go from here? Back to the drawing board. I mean, there's nowhere else they can go. Like I said, the roster that they have is what they have. They're not going to magically bring in – you know, a new right side to the offensive line, for example. They're not going to, I don't think, magically bring in a new punt returner. Um, they have to go back to the drawing board, figure out what's going on, see if there's a common thread between, you know, the, the breakdowns last week and this week, and they've got to get them fixed. My biggest concern, again, is, is you know, you look at the offensive line and, and them saying, we knew what was coming, but we didn't execute. I want to know why they're not executing. I can't believe that five guys are that stupid that they don't know how to, you know, pick up a twist or a stunt. How are they being taught? You know, are they absorbing what, what they're being taught? That's a big question mark for me. And, and I think that that bears, you know, asking when we when we talk to Coach Shermer this afternoon and say, you know, how has the mental aspect of it? Because like I've said in the past, the mental part of the game is a good 50% or more of the overall equation. And if you don't know what you're supposed to be doing out there, you might be capable of doing it. But if you don't know how to do it or what you're supposed to do it, you're going to look like a fool. And I think that's what's been happening with this team. Patty, the uh, the one thing that I will say is, you know, and we're, we're circling back a little bit to the offensive line, you know, because, you know, what you were talking about is obviously the offensive line not really looking like it. It had any idea what it was doing. And we're not in the room. We're not hearing the meetings. We're not there at practice. We don't know how guys are being taught, as you said. But I have to say this. When the Giants hired Hal Hunter as offensive line coach, that kind of raised some eyebrows for me. I mean, he's a veteran coach. He's a longtime coach. He was out of the league a year ago. And when you look at the resume of, of Hal Hunter, you know, he's coached with a lot of teams, but I don't find on his resume, you know, a lot of highly successful offensive lines. So it just it it doesn't give me confidence that the Giants can get this fixed. 
And, and the last thing that I will say is, look, week one against Jacksonville, I think, you know, we should have known that that was going to be a very difficult game for the Giants. We saw yesterday what the Jaguars did to the New England Patriots. That Jacksonville team is a very, very good one. What happened last night against the Cowboys, that bothered me because that is not in any way, shape, or form the way that I look at it. That is not a dominant football team. That's a football team that the Giants should be capable of beating. Um, you know, that that's, that's a game and that's a loss. And the way that that one unfolded, that bothered me a lot. I, I don't know, you know, what the future holds for this Giants team. Uh, 14 games to play, you know, still still time to, to fix it, time to get it right. But, you know, but I'm absolutely bothered by what I saw last night. Uh, Patty, uh, that that's all I've got. you have anything else to add before, before we call the show? No, I think we pretty much have said it all. But I do want to remind our listeners uh, that tomorrow – we will be doing a Twitter Tuesday. So if you have questions, comments, whatever, uh, do get those into us. You can either tweet them to myself. I'm at Patricia underscore Traina, T-R-A-I-N-A. Or you can tweet them to edit Big Blue View. Or you can email them to us at LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com. And we'll try and get through as many as we can. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions, a lot of feedback, a lot of disappointed fans out there wanting to know what's going on, what's next. And we'll, we'll do our best to try and, and help you make sense of it all when we get to Twitter Tuesday. And Patty, what is the uh, what is the address of our of our brand new uh, Twitter account? Because it escapes me at the at the moment. Yes, yes, we have a new Twitter account um, where we will be asking you know questions, running polls, posting our shows. You can find that at Locked On underscore Giants. So uh, that's capital L, capital O, and then underscore, and then capital G for Giants. All right. With that said, Giants fans, we will call it a show. We'll be back uh, tomorrow with it with a Twitter Tuesday that that should be lots of fun because I I, I, I can't imagine that that we won't have questions that'll be uh, full of uh, vitriol from from uh, from our listeners. With that said, Giants fans, we look forward to to getting your questions and answering them, and we will talk to you again soon. Bye bye now.